the work we do has never been more needed. We've seen the last 500 odd days through the course of the pandemic and our recovery and our continued recovery really set women's participation in the economy back by like four decades. Women are recovering slower uh, and that's bad news for all of us. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Agnell, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. Okay, my guest today, and it is guests plural, which is a nice treat on the Inspire podcast, are Amy Robichaux and Natasha Irvin. And they're joining me from Vancouver and representing Dress for Success Vancouver. Amy, Natasha, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us, Bart. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on. I know when we were we were planning this, we said, you know, which of you would be great? And it's it's wonderful to have you both. I know Amy, you're the executive director of Dress for Success Vancouver, and Natasha, you're the communications uh, director. And so I know we're going to talk not only about Dress for Success as a whole, but also about the ambassador program. But I think you know just a little history, you know, for those listening, you know, and I'll just say personally, really proud to be a supporter of Dress for Success at the Humphrey Group for many years. We believe very much in the impact that you're having. And it's it's so much more than clothing um, and soothing and, and supporting people. But with uh, we've been really proud and honored to be a partner of yours on training. So I think the world of what you're doing and glad we can talk more about it today. So Amy, maybe that's a good starting point. You know, for those who aren't familiar with what Dress for Success is, I know you're you're based in Vancouver, but it's really a global organization. Tell us about uh, what the organization is all about. So Dress for Success started operating in 1997 at, based in New York, uh, and since then has expanded globally to almost 150 cities in 25 countries. And around the world has helped more than 1.2 million women work towards wow. self-sufficiency. Dress for Success in Vancouver was the first international uh, affiliate or, in, or first non-American city to join the Dress for Success family. We opened in 1999. And since then, we have spent the last 23 years empowering women into good jobs, financial dependence, and personal success throughout the Lower Mainland. And so for us, that looks like well over a billion dollars in the lower mainland of British Columbia that women who come through our programs have put back into the economy mm-hmm, by finding mm-hmm. full employment. And our approach is really about working with our community from the ground up. Uh, our clients self-refer to us or are referred to us by word of mouth or by friends or by other agencies who are working to help women find employment. And we, yes, we, we work our namesake program, which is our addressing services, helping women find professional attire to be interview ready. But we really stay with them on their whole journey from client all the way to full, fully fulfilled employee and individual, somebody who's achieved their own Mm -hmm. definition of personal success. And we do that through a full, a full spectrum of pre-employment programs, one-on-one work, workshops, professional development, 
learning and opportunities. Uh, and then also through our ambassador program, which um, when I came into Dress for Success, Natasha, who is uh, the best communications director, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, north of the 49th parallel, uh, probably south of it too, had, had, had really pushed for and established here Address for Success Vancouver. And it is such a, a wonderful way to allow women's voices and our clients' voices to have a platform and to speak for themselves. Um, and so it's really been about, you know, everything we do is about lifting the existing dignity and voices and ambition of the, of the clients who come to us. It's not about a handout. Nobody mm-hmm. needs our charity. What they need is our partnership. What they need is somebody saying, we believe in you and here are some tools to help. And our clients come to us saying, all I need are the tools. I've got, a, I've got ambition. I've got a dream. I want to work. I want to work fully. And I want to achieve for myself and my family. Um, and our answer is great. How can we help you do that? Right. Um, and then we get to hold mirrors up to them and stand alongside them all along the way. And it's it, the best it's, job in the world. It's yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I can I can hear the passion, and you know it, that's a really uh, it's a fabulous overview of of the breadth of work that you do. I, I remember going just before the pandemic to an event you held. Uh, here in Toronto, uh, obviously it wasn't dressed for success Vancouver, but, you know, for the organization, hearing some of the stories of the women who had been impacted so positively by the program, maybe you could just give me and people listening, you know, one or two examples of uh, people who have come to the, to dress for success and what you've done for them. Because I think, you know, there's there's the macro of what you're doing as an organization. And then there's the individual stories that demonstrate how powerful it is. It's so hard to pick out a few stories, but I know the power of them, so we will. Well, let me start with another one of Natasha and I's colleagues, the the third member of our leadership team at Dress for Success Vancouver, uh, Tasnim Damji. She's our director of programs, Mm -hmm. and she started as a client with Dress Mm -hmm. for Success. Her and her family moved back to Canada from Tajikistan after well over a decade of being out of the country. And uh, she was struggling to find work. She was struggling with being marginalized as, as, a, as a woman who didn't have a recent employment history in Canada. Mm-hmm. Lots of folks assumed she wasn't Canadian because she'd come, she'd come back from Tajikistan. Mm. Uh, and so she, because she is the kind of woman who absolutely picks herself up and leads her family, went to the YWCA, started taking a program through them, and on graduation, came over to dress for success for an interview suiting. And our relationship, you know, really bloomed from there. Fast forward a few years later, and she was a late applicant to our search for our new program director. And Natasha can back me up on this. As soon as we saw her application come in, even before we'd interviewed her, we were both sort of like, I think this is this, I think this is her job. Like I think right. <laughs> pretty sure right. that this is exactly who we're looking for with exactly the skill set we need. And so much of that came from the fact that she'd invested in herself and sought her community and so was exactly able to tell us what she had to offer and how she had to offer it. And she aced the entire application and interview process. And we're so grateful for that. A totally different approach. Uh, so that's how some women mm-hmm. can come into our programs. A totally different story is, you know, we had a client come in just last week who we had done a pop-up providing bra fittings and casual clothing to women in the downtown east side. And we had someone call in and say, I can't make this pop up, but I really need a pair of steel-toed boots. I just got a job again for the first time in two and a half years. And I need them in a size six and a half. Is there any way you guys have those in stock? 
we happen to, um, you know, and talking to her, it was, well, you just got a job. So great. Come on in for an employment suiting where we provide women with just some clothing to celebrate them getting a new job, but also to help them get through to that first paycheck. And I got to know her and she was a single mother and she was planning a bachelorette party for her girlfriend, Hmm. uh, basically trying to use the free sites and Facebook buy and sell. And, you know, so instead of getting Mm -hmm. an interview seating, we were able to find an outfit for her to go to her friend's wedding. And, you know, through the whole conversation comes out that she had just recently been widowed and we were able to provide access to free clinical counseling services. So we're able to provide her with that and really just bring her through from somebody who felt very alone, but has already done everything they could to get themselves back on their feet and just didn't have the cash to make it work after two and a half years of unemployment um, and who'd lost their partner to somebody who walked out of our offices two hours later with the confidence that she could be a good friend and that she could show up without everyone understanding, Hmm. seeing her struggle and what she was wearing and with access to counseling to help her Hmm. thrive and start on her next step. And so totally two completely different stories. And I have to tell you that is as you know, every client is their own completely unique story. And, and what it is that it's so special is that we meet them exactly where they're at. So Tessany needed an interview suiting and a a renewal of a community in Mm -hmm. her hometown. And um, the client who came in last week really needed somebody just to see her and say, Hey, you're doing great. And you're not really asking for a lot. You're asking for things so that you can do better for yourself. And it makes it easy to to, to say to that client or ask the client, what else can we do for you? What else do you I love it. And I love this. I love Mm -hmm. those two stories because as you said, they're so different and yet impactful for both of them. Um, and so I think it really speaks to the exactly what I was hoping, you know, the breadth of the impact, but also how individual it is. And, and Natasha, I know, you know, one of the things that you've been doing that I think is going to lead into you're telling us about this ambassador program that Amy talked about is telling stories about these individuals. Maybe you could talk a bit about the work that you do and in sharing stories and how it led to the creation of, of this program. You know, way back when, before uh, global pandemic, we used right. to go. I Long used to ago. Go to, yeah, <laughs> we used to go to, I used to go to check presentations quite often for, you know, corporate uh, events and people mm-hmm. would raise money for us. And they'd usually ask me to come up on stage to accept the check and to share a story. And so I had, uh, I had this on lockdown. I had my story. I'd go <laughs> up. I'd talk about the history of Dress for Success right. Vancouver. And then I'd share a tearjerker of a story um, based on uh, one of the women's experiences that had recently come through our doors. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was working really well for me for a little while hmm. until I realized one day on stage uh, in the middle of the presentation that I should not be up here sharing hmm. the story. <laughs> I was talking about, you know, a woman of color who uh, had recently come through our programs and I went through the entire client journey and I was, I had this moment where I I believe in my mind, in my mind's eye, I sort of stopped and froze and thought, what if it wasn't Hmm. me telling the story? What if she Hmm. was here? You know, she's capable Mm -hmm. and we should be developing women to be telling these stories. So kind of in that little moment, the seed of the ambassador program Hmm. was born. And what it became was it became sort of a, a next level leadership development program where we right. brought women into 
the the outreach side of things uh, with Dress for mm. Success Vancouver so that they could be up there and they could share their resilience. We could teach them to do that. We could teach them to share their story and really change hearts and minds because mm. really it's the stories. It's the yes. stories, the stories that Amy just told yes. us of Tasneem and uh, the other client that she worked with that really change people and, and motivate people to get involved, to donate right. or to join our programs, to join the community. Yeah. And, and I love, you know, your realization of, you know, as powerful as the story is, you know, we, stories are best told by those who authentically have experienced them. So how, how did that brain wave that you had, you know, then lead to the development of the program? Like, did you have to approach these individuals to be ambassadors like tell me about the early kind of creation of it yeah so in the early days i i just had this idea to bring women together to become the faces and voices of dress for success Mm -hmm. vancouver and to develop them as leaders so what i did is i essentially created a hybrid program where i brought clients into this beautiful full circle moment Mm -hmm. um over to the side of still in clients still in professional development but over to the side of volunteers and 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 those faces and those voices and those stories of dress for success vancouver so i brought in sort of storytelling coaches and leadership Mm. coaches. And through this, we've created a really beautiful extended leadership development program where women stand up and speak. Mm. And we actually have used a number of Humphrey Group facilitators in in the ambassador program, which has been such a beautiful gift. It's so consistent with our work around women's leadership, our taking the stage program. So it's it's wonderful to be part of it. We we appreciate it. Um, I'm curious mm-hmm. when you started approaching these women to be ambassadors and to tell their yes. story. What were their reactions? There, there was a range of reactions, and it, mm-hmm. they ranged from like, "Oh, I don't really have a very good story to tell. It's hmm. not very compelling." Hmm. You're like, "I've um, been telling your story. It seems pretty compelling <laughs> when I'm up there." Right? <laughs> Let it's me like, tell you, you do. <laughs> it's a matter of drawing it out to the right. other end of the spectrum, which is like, "What can I do? I am here for mm. this. Like, I have received so much from hmm. the community and the connection and the growth hmm. of the programs at Dress for Success Vancouver." I just want to get back. Right. And can I just jump in here and Please. say that, that that full circle piece around our clients becoming volunteers, mm-hmm. becoming employees, uh, giving back to other clients, and sometimes becoming clients again or employees becoming mm-hmm. clients is, is such an important part of our community. And, and I think the ambassador program that Natasha built from the ground up sustains that and, and builds it. But it's also such an important offering that we're not a group of women helping a different group of women. Mm. It is a community of women who are lifting as they rise, who are sometimes tripping and picking each other up along the way. Um, And Mm -hmm. there's a real dignity to that because no one feels like they're the person in need. Um, Or conversely, we all know that we're someone in need and we're able to reach into a support network and what the program that the ambassador program does in blurring that line Mm -hmm. is exactly the kind of values of dignity inclusion that we are that we Hmm. try to communicate and we couldn't communicate it unless we were living it and this program really allowed us to in a formal way bring that together for the first time i love it i love this kind of loop and even like the story that you told earlier of the woman who had uh been at 
been a client and then had become an employee. I mean, there's really just this kind of ecosystem that you've created that people get and then they give. And, and it's just so powerful uh, of what you've created. Amy, something I've heard you say before that's really beautiful is that if you were to walk into a room filled with clients, volunteers, donors, employees, that you wouldn't really be able to tell who was who. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I love, I, I, love I, I love that you've said that before. And I, I think it's worth bringing up again because it is true. And I think it speaks to the, the community or the ecosystem that you said that we, we've created. Yeah, I mean, I usually say that when I'm inviting other people to come into those rooms and experience that magic. So, like, for everybody listening to this podcast, no matter what senior you're in, you have a dress for success. Go to their next fundraiser. It will blow your mm-hmm. mind to the community that's been built. It, it does. <laughs> yeah. I can attest to that. Having been to that one in the before times, it was truly impressive. And and what was impressive, I think, you know, is what you're alluding to. So many charitable functions are you feel like the people running it there's kind of the separation, right, between the people organizing and running them and the beneficiaries. And maybe they trot the beneficiaries out once in a while. But what stood out to me with Dress for Success in Toronto and also in speaking with you is the involved, the kind of closed ecosystem or open ecosystem, if you will, that brings people, clients, uh, ambassadors, employees, like they're all one in the same. And I think that really, brings a level of authenticity and credibility that's so inspiring. So just let's do so the program. So you started the program, you launched this training, and then how many ambassadors did you produce? And then what did you what did you have them start doing? Tell me, tell me how it proceeded. Right. So the the first year I was ambitious and I went I went with 10 women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and start you know, big. Yes, yeah, start big. So start it's big. a and hallmark of Miss Hatcher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Love and I, I have scaled I've scaled back in, in the uh subsequent years, mm-hmm. but what we what I did is I really worked with them to generate their stories and mm. and to generate dress for success Vancouver stories that talked about that moment of transformation or the the sort of journey of transformation mm-hmm. of these women. Um, and then usually what that ended up is that they would be on a stage or they'd be mm. in a Zoom room and they'd be giving back, creating, like I said, that full circle moment of, mm. you know, I am here, I'm inviting you into the community as well, which is really right. beautiful. Um, there's also a, a big component of confidence here. Hmm. A lot of these women had never really done public speaking before in any sort of in any sort of big way. And so hmm. to take a woman who had never stood up in front of a room and then put her in front of 500 people hmm. is a really big thing. Sharing that vulnerability, because these stories right. aren't always easy to share. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot of feeling and emotion and history behind them. So asking for that kind of vulnerability is big. And right. Um, we do we do ask for it. We do hmm. uh, ask for them to share in that way. And what it does is it creates a really beautiful connection because even if you haven't experienced that same thing, mm-hmm. you can you can feel that in the story, right? Hmm. There's that authenticity, that that meaningfulness. Yeah, the, yeah. and then that, it also transforms. It allows these women to transform into their best presence, right? There's that executive hmm. presence training component of the program which I know Humphrey's group has helped with. <laughs> and and one of the things I love about this, and I just want to, I want to share a little story about um, what happened with one of our ambassadors this year in the program. 
is that they become such powerhouses and so confident. We do a photo shoot with them every year. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. This year, uh, Natasha and I were building out uh, artwork for a bus shelter ad. Um, And we we always try to use real women, real clients Mm -hmm. in any of our promotional material. And uh, we put together a bit of a committee from our governance board of like phenomenal marketing experts that we could never afford. Mm -hmm. And we were having them sort of view our view these pieces and their feedback on our first draft, which had one of our ambassadors. So a client who'd come all the way through this program was Mm -hmm. you need to use a real woman on it. Who's come through our programs. This one, this woman lives too much like a CEO and won't be accessible to our (laughs) (laughs) Right. And the reaction to that was, but she is one of our clients. And the fact that she looks like a CEO (laughs) because she is one, but also she's a client. Right. And, she just happens to own, you know, two businesses and several real estate holdings now. Right. Um, so they just couldn't believe that that the confidence this powerhouse was a client. Absolutely, that radiated out of her from huh. an outside perspective was there's no way wow. a client can relate to that. And mm. we actually had to take a step back wow. and go, oh, I think probably somebody who's coming in maybe wouldn't relate to that. Um, you'd have to know the transformation <laughs> possible in order to in order to get there. But that's right. a testament to the growth through this program, Amazing. the executive presence, mm-hmm. the confidence build, and the willingness to be both like authentic, vulnerable, and stand in that power. Um, because this was a photograph; it wasn't yeah. even somebody's whole story. And the level of right. um, just absolute self possession that this ambassador held intimidated very wealthy senior women in the marketing industry. (laughs) Um, This can't be. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? You know, the, the out output of her presence was so powerful that it shows the perception that people might have about who goes through dress for success programs. And maybe that we need to check our own biases, right? You know, that, that you don't just need the program because you're you lack presence. In fact, the program helps you because you're driven and you're willing to to go forward. Absolutely. And I think the yeah. key, and Natasha's always seen this in our clients, is that it's not that somebody either has presence or doesn't have presence or mm-hmm. is powerful or isn't powerful. It's access to tools to portray mm. that, to yeah. tell their story, right. to gain their own confidence. And okay. Natasha, you built a program that equips our clients with the same level of executive presence and public speaking training and resources and networks that somebody with the immense privilege of already having that baked into Mm. their community or their reality would already have access to. Um, And it's like the ultimate leveling of the playing field. If you think about it, you give give different people the same tools and what they have naturally is going to emerge. Um, mm-hmm. And the only difference, and I've said this a million times, the only difference between a woman who who seeks out dress for success as help and someone who doesn't need to mm-hmm. is some of us have access to that innately from our families and our network and um, right. have the privilege right. of that. And some of us don't. And so we created a, a democratization of, of access to, to, to skills and wraparound training and networks. And that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's well said. You know, it is so often the access. And when we talk about privilege, I think, you know, it's really that access that some of us are born with or given. And so providing that, I think, is is so compelling. Um, just to, to ask about something else you mentioned, you talk, we've talked about the stories that these women tell when they join the ambassador program. And 
think I think uh, Natasha it was you who said you know we teach them that they bring value through telling their story. So I'm wondering if you could talk you know because people listening storytelling is always a, a a big topic. I think our our most listened to episode was on storytelling with uh, thousands of listings. So people are always inter- thousands of listens. People are always interested in what makes an effective storyteller. So when these women come to your program, tell me about the advice and guidance you give them on telling stories that resonate. Yeah, that is that's a great question. We I really believe that when you tell your own true lived experience and you you do it in a thoughtful way with confidence, with emotion, that you can really move and change hearts and minds. And so mm-hmm. giving the women that we work with the tools to do that is something that really empowers them. And I find uh, in telling a story and telling it again and telling it again, you know, some of the women have been in the ambassador program or have been ambassadors for a number of years now, their stories have changed mm-hmm. and evolved and grown. And they're not still telling that same story that they came through our doors with. Mm. It's become something more resilient and it's grown and expanded to, to include other wins, other, other big things in their right. life. So I think stories change, right? You never, you never come to the same story yes. twice <laughs> yes. uh, and you're not the same person yes. telling the same story every time. So I think, you know, revisiting your story, if you, if you have a story to tell and story to share, in mm. any setting, it's worth going back and thinking, okay, who am I talking to? You know, who am I, who am I speaking to today? And, and who am I coming into this story? And that way you can deliver most authentically. Right. I love it. I love it. You know, the, the lived experience, the, you know, the evolution. Um, and Amy, you talked, I think, about vulnerability. So what is the key? You know, how, like how much vulnerability should do you encourage your ambassadors to share and in what way? Because I think there's, there's a, I'm sure there's a fine line. <laughs> yeah, I'll take this one if that's it. okay. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to say, this is, Natasha talked about that vulnerability, but also Natasha, you, you have a, you've built a formula for this. Um, oh, wow. Is, okay. Give us the formula. I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's not quite E equals MC squared. It's not quite that. But <laughs> what, I, what I would say is that, you know, when you're telling a story, uh, not mm-hmm. every part of your story needs to be told. Mm. There are certain, there are certain aspects that you can draw in. You need to, you need to cut a line through all the noise to something meaningful. And there's mm-hmm. lots of paths through that noise. Um, but mm-hmm. I say the thing that I tell our ambassadors is a lot of them have lived through some pretty serious trauma. Um, I think a, I mm. think a lot of people have. And so when they come to me and they say, this is a story I want to tell. And I say, well, you know, you're still working through mm. a court case for that. that, that, that thing you want to tell <laughs> or, or something. Might not be the right yeah, legal or, move for you. <laughs> you can't get through this without mm. crying. Uh, this mm. is a valuable story to tell, but not here and not now. Uh, what we want to do is we want to find, right. we want to cut through this, the the noise in a different way and go in this direction to create a meaningful impact where you're going to be able to mm. tell and share uh, without, without crying or without, without putting yourself in any risk. But, but that doesn't mean it's right. not a story worth sharing. It's just not worth sharing. It's, it's just not the right story to share here mm. and now. And it's really interesting because our last, mm. every year we have a success luncheon, we choose an inspiration award winner. Um, and last year, Vivian was our Inspiration Award winner. And she was not ready to share the bulk of her story when I first met her. Hmm. Um, but she shared her story okay. in front of 500 people last November. 
And it was the story she so five Mm. years later. Yeah, it was the story she so badly wanted to share. But Mm. at the time, the the original path, it wasn't Mm. the time to share it. So I think I think knowing the time. Um, and making sure that you're mm. sort of not putting yourself at, at mental, emotional, right. uh, you know, legal risk in sharing a story is really important. <laughs> and if I were to summarize, Natasha, your formula that right. I, I, my summary of that is hmm. you teach and work with women to speak from scars, not wounds. Yeah, and so right. scars, scars are still, are still sensitive. They're an everlasting Ooh, I like that. reminder scars, of, not the, wounds. of the pain we've been through but they're healed. And that is so important. So we're vulnerable. We don't always like to show our Mm. scar because we can be Mm. a little embarrassed by it, but it is, it is, it is healed. It's It's not right. And and so we can talk about, and so we should tell our stories of our scars and not our wounds. If our Mm. wounds are still open, the work we have to do there is to Mm. heal the wound, not tell the story of it. And so to me, that's my, that's right. totally Natasha's formula. I love that. I love that. Scars versus wounds. Um, that's a but that's great everything that you talk excuse. about, which is that um, yeah. sometimes we have clients who come to us and they have some scars and some wounds, because if you've been through a really rough time, you're going to have various injuries. Um, and so you want to talk powerfully mm-hmm. and share powerfully with the ones that have healed while you mm-hmm. heal through the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And uh, so the timing matters, but yeah, it's, it's definitely about scars, not wounds. And that also helps other people think about their own scars. And sometimes that also helps other people realize that something they thought was a scar is still a wound and they're able to work through that too. So that's the power of that vulnerability is recognizing that someone else has been through this Hmm. And it's a, it's a scar now. They've healed. I can too. Mm-hmm. And um, that, you know, that to me is the power of the storytelling. And, you know, we should go hmm. right back up to the top of this episode. I shared two other people's stories hmm. and we got a little bit out of it. But if had mm-hmm. they shared those stories, had they been able to speak from those scars, we, mm-hmm. you know, it would have been a completely different setup. And now I'm having a Natasha moment being like, why didn't we just ask him to do this with yeah. Natasha? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Why aren't they on the pod? <laughs> then we'd really have a lot of people on this podcast. <laughs> but no, I think let I love it. I think it's, you know, the authenticity, the evolve, you know, have your story evolve over time and then be vulnerable but, but be vulnerable from a point of view of scars not wounds. I think is is a tremendous way of thinking about. It. You know, the last thing maybe I'll ask you as you work with these women you know, both of you have referenced presence, you know, and talked about that great story of the woman on the bus poster who demonstrates such presence. But of course, not every person who comes into the program starts with that presence. Look, when we do corporate training, not every person starts with the presence. That's part of the reason why they come to us for training. What advice do you give these women about developing presence? I think that it's all about showing up with your your full self and, hmm. and committed to the story that you're telling. Okay. I think that it's a lot about just having that preparation and clarity when you're coming into the space and and feeling the confidence of mm. knowing that what you're about to share is valuable and valued and that you are worth it and you are worthy to be there because mm. I think a lot of there's a lot of self-doubt and so taking that away and saying no mm. you belong here um this space is for you and I think especially for right. women that's hard to claim and mm-hmm. so teaching them that, you know, they belong in the boardroom, they belong at the table 
is mm. is really the first step in in being that presence in that space. Yeah, and I think it's it's flipping that. the script from you, you're ner- you're nervous because of something, or you're not you're you're not confident because of something that's wrong with you. Versus flipping mm-hmm, that script mm-hmm. and saying, actually, mm-hmm. the reason you don't feel like this room was built for you is because the room wasn't. It's the room's fault. Uh, <laughs> like, let's, I'll drop, I'm right. going to drop the P word. Right. the patriarchy. No business room was built for a woman to stand right. up and be in charge of it. And so there's, right. there is that automatic, oh, this is a, like I'm on foreign soil. This isn't where I quote unquote belong. It wasn't mm-hmm, built for me. Mm-hmm. Everybody feels that. Mm-hmm. And if you can flip the script and go, the reason you feel that isn't because you're mm-hmm. lacking in mm-hmm. something, it's because you're right. It wasn't built for you. It's meant to throw you off balance. It wasn't. So acknowledge right. that. Know that you feel like you don't belong right. because hmm. the land is foreign and it's not where you, it's not where you're from. But you can absolutely, all mm-hmm. the things that were true about you before you walked into this room, your worth, your dignity, your value mm-hmm. are still true here. Um, hmm. It's just a little bit like walking into a funhouse. Sometimes the mirrors distort that. It's not you, it's the environment. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and good advice, not only for the women in the ambassador program, but good advice for anyone who is not part of the dominant group, you know, in the corporate world, in government, right? There are, mm. there are rooms we go into where we don't feel like we're, we're worthy, but often it's, you know, it wasn't set up that way and to just what brought you there is why you have a right to speak. So I love that advice. Well, and even even for folks who are part of the dominant group, even, you know, if we're talking about straight, highly educated white Guy. men. <laughs> You're talking to uh, one. <laughs> the funhouse, the, 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 the way it was built was actually to make everybody feel a little bit off kilter because, mm-hmm. because it's easier to maintain power if everybody thinks they don't deserve it. Mm, so like right. everybody is in that same funhouse and it distorts all of our images. We just have the privilege, Natasha and I, of working with women to, to help um, put a more accurate mirror in front of them. And mm-hmm. But like, frankly, that's work that everybody could use. And it's why I'm so grateful for organizations like the Humphrey Group that do that for everybody and, and approach it from a place of dignity and value. And in addition to all of the really well-researched sort of skill sets and programs, but understand mm-hmm. that everybody's got right. that within them to bring out. Well, and it's so we're grateful to be part of what you're doing because, you know, as much as we value the work that we do in the, the corporate world and government, it's a rare privilege to work with people who wouldn't otherwise have access to to our training. So we consider it a great honor to be able to support your mission and um, are just so, so glad to see what what's happening through it. So so tell me, you know, before we wrap this up, uh, you know, where is the ambassador program today and where do you go from here? Well, this year, uh, the ambassador program introduced an amazing new component, which is mentorship. So that's something we've not officially done before, uh, but this year each ambassador gets their own mentor who has some marketing communication storytelling experience mm. so they can go deeper and really get that one-on-one sort of care, finding the through line in their stories. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest development now. But really, it's a matter of empowering more of our clients as leaders uh, to get out there, mm-hmm. to take the next level, take the next step up in leadership, to be peer leaders in our community, and to really spread the word for, about what we do. And and Amy, where is Dress for Success Vancouver headed? I know the Ambassador Program is just one program among the many that you have. 
So what's what's next for DFS? And then how can people listening, whether they're in Vancouver or not, learn more and get involved with Dresser for Success? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the work we do has never been more needed. Mm. Um, we've seen the last 500 odd days through the course of the pandemic and our recovery mm-hmm. and our continued recovery really set women's participation in the economy back by right. like four decades. Women are recovering slower uh, and that's bad right. for all of us. So our work is is really digging into the into pre-employment help for women, working with all of the agencies to help women and, and non-binary and at non-gender specific folk who are comfortable in a space that fo- that, sent- that focuses on the experience of women to gain access mm-hmm. to employment again and, and to, to really walk alongside them for that. So it's more work that's needed at a faster rate. Uh, so it's, a, it's an expansion, right. working with more clients, working with deeper programs, particularly in one-to-one help offering the work to help them get interviews and find a job, as well as uh, our continued expansion into providing access to to mental health. I mean, there's there's so many components to a sustainable mm-hmm. livelihood, and in order to have a sustainable livelihood and have a full uh, full employment, you need to be healthy in every way in your life. So it's continuing that work. Mm-hmm. If folks who are listening want to get involved, go to helpingwomennow.ca. Go for it uh, and sign up mm-hmm. to donate five dollars a month. The impact of the the cost of I was going to say the cost of a cup of coffee with but with inflation it might be half the cost of a cup of coffee <laughs> less than the cost of a cup of coffee less than it's less yeah. than a cup uh, I went to Starbucks but, you know, it was seven bucks <laughs> so half of the Netflix subscription will fundamentally change the lives of women who are ready to work who want to work who are ambitious who are and who are struggling at the same time and who really need access to the same resources that the rest of us have and it is a small ask but a big difference right and if you're looking to get involved with dress for success in your own community please Mm go to dressforsuccess.org and you can type in your your postal code or your community and whether you're in canada or anywhere around the world and it's going to give you your locus your your local affiliate um, and a contact information for them these are our organizations that are you know affiliated together to work at scale but are deeply embedded in each individual city and community they're in. And so they're your friends and neighbors who are running them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, helpingwomennow.ca, $5 a month, and then dressforsuccess.org to find out how you can get involved in the one closest to you. Well, this has been tremendous uh, conversation. You know, first, I'm, I'm coming away with a deeper sense of the impact of the work that, that you're doing. Uh, but I think even more so understanding how um, the women who come through this ambassador program where we, we focus our energy become such passionate advocates and, and storytellers. And I think, you know, there's a lesson there for everyone listening, you know, we're in the leadership communication business and, you know, whether you're, you know, senior executive, or you're just starting to tell your story to be authentic, own your own story, have it evolve, show that vulnerability and, and, you know, scars, not wounds. <laughs> That's going to stay with me for a long time. Mm. So I really appreciate you you coming on, both of you. Uh, and thank you so much for, uh, for all that you do with Dress for Success. Thank you, Bert. Our pleasure. Hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Natasha and Amy of Dress for Success Vancouver. I am just uh, in awe of the work that they do each and every day, not only to provide women with clothing, but also skills and an opportunity. And I think that's what the ambassador program showcases that 
The best stories are the ones told authentically. You should check out the links in the show to learn more about Dress for Success Vancouver. Also, there is an event. If you're in Vancouver, November 2nd, they are having their 10th annual success luncheon at the Fairmont Waterfront. This event is designed to uh, bring the business community together to celebrate and support the work that Dress for Success Vancouver does in the community. And if you are inspired by the ambassadors, you'll get to hear one. Sylvia Ivanov, one of the ambassadors, is going to be there. She's going to share her story and receive an award. So check out the link in the show notes and uh, attend if you can. And on the next episode of the Inspired Podcast, I speak with Marie-Claire Ross. She is the author of Trusted to Thrive. And this is a, a book where she tackles how leaders can actually build trust and create thriving, productive teams where people don't dread work. It's a great conversation. It talks about why trust doesn't happen and what leaders can do about it. Very practical. And I know you'll enjoy it. Thanks so much.